Man, what's good? It's your boy D. Johnson on the mic for Talk That Ish. Back with another episode once more. And as promised, we're going to do, be doing a lot today because I got some time today. You know what I mean? No work on Friday. I had to go in. So I can talk a lot of sports with y'all. I can hang out. Um, I can get a lot of videos done. And the first thing I want to do is kind of go over this TNT uh, Thursday. Have some exciting matchups on the card um, that we want to take a look at. Also talk some more, a little bit more in depth about the Golden State uh, situation and how it's carrying on to their loss last night. Not only a loss, but a blowout loss they took to the Houston Rockets. Uh, my opinion on that. The Lakers going uh, with LeBron James. My guy, LeBron, is an all-time scorer. He's number five as of right now, just passing Will Chamberlain, talking about how big that is. And then we're going to talk about my man Melo and how, you know, he, he's being done dirty. So we're going to get all into that this podcast. And like I said, we're going to come out with a heat check later on today. Basically what my heat check entails when I do those type of episodes. That's just kind of like a, a uh, it's, it's typically a 45, 50 minute episode of me talking about nothing but NBA. I do a seven, uh, seven game check. So we're at 14 games overall after the league. Some teams have 15, but that's okay. Uh, we'll still talk about them anyway. We're going to go over all the team scores and kind of my new predictions after seven games. Reason why I didn't want to do a consistent NBA, like, <clears throat> you know, uh, follow up with you guys on the podcast because I was still inconsistent. You know what I mean? So I like to give seven games and see what teams are, see who's not doing what they're supposed to do because things change. And I want to be consistent. I want to make sure I give you guys consistent con- uh, content overall. Um, but like I said, before I get all that, uh, get into what I'm going to get into, um. I ask that you guys like what you guys hear. Please follow and support me um, on Instagram. You can follow me at underscore, underscore, DJ94, underscore, underscore. Again, that's underscore, underscore, DJ94, underscore, underscore, lowercase d and j. Um, also, if you like the podcast and you like what you're hearing, please support the podcast. You can uh, give a donation is, you know, if you want to. Um, you can uh, do that under... Um, Excuse me, under Anchor, um, if you want to, um, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I, like I said, I, if you if you have not been listening to me for a while, you're just listening to me. I am an up and comer. Um, I've done radio for three years, but I'm hoping to get into the media industry. Um, as I'm fighting with one day, it's just kind of like who's going to give me the opportunity first. Um, but for right now, I'm just doing uh, these type of podcasts to you know give my expertise and just exercise. Uh, my opinion a little bit with my basketball knowledge, football knowledge, and of course, being a former athlete, having a little bit better of an insight than some of these media guys do. Because let me tell you, shows like First Take, um, Undisputed, I mean, they're sharing and played the game, but I feel like those guys have a bias to them. Like I said, if you know me, I'm a, St- I'm a Steeler fan, I'm a LeBron James fan, but I will be objective and I will tell you um, what is on my opinion. There's nothing opinion-wise um, that I will say that is going to demoralize anyone or is going to be show favorites. I'm just calling it what it is. And most of the information I get is supported by a reported source within the first take undisputed ESPN Fox uh, stations that's that um, sit up there and uh, and uh, report this news. So no fake news over here. All right. But we're going to get into TNT. Uh, a lot to talk about. There. Let's start with this Houston versus Golden State game. Um, so I, I didn't quite see the game. I've been looking at recaps this morning, but um Houston Blue, uh, Golden State, I think Chris Paul and, and James Harden are starting to really find their um, find their stride a little bit. I want to talk about both teams for a little bit, um, you know, because I think, you know, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that 
Uh, there are some problems I want to address with both teams. So let's start with Houston. They had a great night overall. They won this one, 107 to 86. And um, for the most part, let me put it like this. My problem with Houston, and I want to point this out, is the Mellow situation. So I'll tie Mellow and, and the Houston's win um, and Golden State's problems into this one segment. So my problem with with Houston is... Let's look at the coach. And nobody's, I'm surprised nobody on the mainstreams are pointing this out. Mike D'Antoni was the coach of the New York Knicks way, way, way back then. This is when Melo had first came. Um, and, you know, they had buddy hits. And Mike D'Antoni ended up getting fired. Okay. So it's no coincidence that later on in Melo's career, like near the end of his career, he ends up landing in Houston where, guess who? Mike D'Antoni is the coach. So I'm looking at that situation. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. I mean, it's no secret that, yes, Mike D'Antonio is a big offensive coach. But when you're a great offensive coach or specialized in something that you've shown results to them in the past with a player that's been very good offensively for a long period of time, um, that's not going to gel too well. And I and I mean, I just didn't like how this came about because the Rockets released a statement, I think this time yesterday, saying that they had parted ways with Melo. And I'm sitting here like, I just, uh, I'm going to rant in a second about the Melo situation, but I just feel like D'Antonio is behind this because he try, he, he comes on, he did an interview, uh, I think either yesterday, yeah, yesterday saying that, you know, he was a great professional. He did everything he could, blase, blase. It just didn't work out. I'm sitting here like, if you read his body language, he's not uh, apologetic about it. I don't think he's going to lose sleep over losing Melo. Um, it's, folks, let me remind you, we're only 14, 15 games into the season and already Melo's gone. That doesn't make sense to me considering that you knew what you were getting with Melo. You knew that he wasn't the player he once was anymore. Um, you knew that it would take some time to adjust. I mean, these things don't happen. Look at the Lakers. We we understand it's going to take these guys a whole season. When you lose Umba Mute and Trevor Ariza from your team, two, two good defensive players that can defend the other team's best player or best wing player, um, that's a huge loss. And they've been trying to make it up and figure it out ever since that point. Now, this year, I feel like the Houston Rockets are going to be a second round exit because they just don't have the depth or they don't and they don't play enough defense. They depend a lot on um, James Harden <clears throat> and his shooting. But if he's not hitting no shots, then this team is a whole different uh, team because, you know, CP can't carry but for so much. And he's not the type of player that's built to do that um, when he has been the player that's, you know, had to carry a team. Uh, he's end up getting injured. That's what you're concerned with uh, CP at this age. And he's not young no more. I think he's like 34 now. So considering his size and the fact that age and nutrition is catching up with him, father time, that they so say, he's living the last years of his elite years before the declines starts. And since I think he signed a four through five year deal with the Houston Rockets, he's stuck. And Houston stuck with them unless they want to trade him. And I don't think they want to trade him right now because, well, James Harden signed the contract till 2023. You want to show uh, James Harden that you are serious about contending year in and year out. And unless you can get an AD or a Kawhi Leonard, uh, CP is not going anywhere. Um, but I just didn't like how they how they did the Melo. I just want to rant for a second because let's just look at the Melo's career since he left. Is he a bad player? No, I think he's. I think his game is so outdated now for the NBA that you can be confused as a as a casual fan saying that he's bad or he just doesn't have it anymore, and that's completely false. Um, I believe that. I believe I'm gonna agree with um 
the Chris Broussards and the uh, Shannon Sharps and the um, and, and even Stephen A. Smith when they say they've been using him as a scapegoat because they have. Let's look at the OKC situation. Um, no, and this is no cap towards uh, you know towards Westbrook. He's a great player, one of the top point guards in this league. But his flaws have always been highlighted, which made Kevin Durant leave OKC in the first place. If you look back. Westbrook has always been a player that's going to shoot the ball no matter what. He's going to attack. He's going to be relentless. He's going to uh, drive to the basket. He's going to. He's he's a guy that plays at 100 miles per hour every drive. But he doesn't have the best shot selection when you need it. He doesn't know how to pass and trust his teammates. He doesn't know how to uh, how how to how to how to be a team player when he's not on. He's going to continue to shoot because that's just him. And the thing is, you know, you you try to you, you know bring that ideology to that team, and plus you have PG uh, coming to the team, and he's gonna he can play well off the ball, but um, he's not that type of player that can be able to you know uh, be able to be able to you know pa- get pass and shoot and be successful anymore like uh, PG can at this stage in his career. But this is a guy Melo who needs the ball to be successful, and considering that. You know, Westbrook's going to dribble, 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 force an assist if he needs to, pad the pad the uh, charts if he needs to, and then and then when you give it to Melo and he's cold, he's missing. Oh, it's Melo's fault. I believe that Melo's time at OKC was reserved for the fact to cover Westbrook's flaws as a player. His is uh let's get let's get something straight. His jump shot has improved over the years. I have seen that as a professional, and and I've seen that um you know he's put in the work over the summer. But in terms of his shot selection, um his ability to be a point guard, a natural point guard, not force the action, he still has a long ways to go. And I think that was covered this year because of uh, Melo being gone. Now. You know, this year, obviously, the problem with OKC is Westbrook's age and nutrition. Is he really healthy following that surgery he had coming into the season? These are serious questions you have to ask yourself if you're the OKC Thunder management. And Sam Presti's done a beautiful job of landing acquisitions that keep OKC in contention and in the hunt in the playoffs, not for a championship, but in the hunt, respectively, to get to a second or third or or the finals uh, for the West if they want to, because they have Schroeder. You have uh, PG thirteen. You have uh, you still have um, not not cancer. Uh, what's the, what's my uh, Stephen Adams? You still have uh, Roberson, who's returning at some point this year. So this team is going to be a very good defensive team, and I do believe if they fail to get to at least the the second round, and might even say at least the finals, in my opinion, I think you need to take start taking a look at Westbrook. And I think this whole situation with Houston was the fact that Mike D'Antoni didn't want Melo to begin with. Let's be honest. And he was missing sleep when he was gone because obviously CP3 didn't know he was going to be gone. I think James Harden didn't know he was going to be gone. But let's, let's, let me just state this. When Houston was sucking before they went on this little win streak and have broke, you know, have, are at 500 right now, um, it was because of their defense. They weren't playing defense. Melo was coming off the bench. He wasn't, he was, he was essentially a spot up and shoot. They would pass to him sometimes in the, in the post and let him work. But, you know, you would kill him if he was missing a perimeter shot. But here's the problem. The reason why Houston was successful last year is because they had great defense. They were in rhythm, and guys were able to shoot the three at a high clip. So they were better last year because of their defense. Now you lost in Bob Mute and Trevor Ariza. This team is not the same. And like I said, CP3 is a great defender, a great floor general, but he doesn't have the size to guard a Kevin Durant. Let's be real. He doesn't have a size to, to uh, guard, um, uh, excuse me, um, AD. 
He doesn't have the size to 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 guard a LeBron James. You know, he can defend him. He can you know he can get in front of him, but he's not going to seriously lock him up or contain him. Um, those type of great players. That's the thing about Houston right now because I'm very disappointed with Clint Capella and what he's been this year. I thought he would be a more of a post on the um, interior, but anytime they play a team that attacks them inside, Houston's getting shredded, and that's where a lot of their losses have come from. They're getting shredded on the defensive side of the ball, and for the for the love of Christ of all the NBA guys, if James Harden doesn't play a lick of defense, then we're going to have to start looking at having a conversation in about two seasons about his career so far in Houston, his career overall, if he doesn't bring home a championship within this stretch of his contract. Because you, I mean, essentially, this team has been put together for you to get it done. And the fact that he disappears, the fact that he costs himself um, to be a liability on the defensive side is amazing and astonishing to me, as great as he is. You're an MVP player. You've got to give me more on the defensive side. You're six five, six six. You can defend um, for that size. You just choose not to because you care about offense. And with CP3 now being there and coming back off of injuries, he's got to be more efficient. He's got to be more effective overall. But that's my opinion on the Melo situation. Let's get into this game. So, like, again, they won this one 107 to 86. Uh Let's look at the box score. Um, Tucker Heck gave you three. Enos gave you 19. Capella gave you 10. Uh, Chris Paul gave you 10, 7, and 5. Harden gave you 27, 4, and 3. Uh, excuse me, 27, 3, and 3. So he had a great shooting night overall. He shot 4 of 14 from three-point line, 8 of 23 from the field. And I'm guessing he had a rack of free throws to get him to 27 as well. Um, and then, you know, uh, they got some good production off the bench with Eric Gordon coming in and having a couple good dunks on uh, – Golden State's defense, and uh, they were getting some good stuff off of Clark. But like I said about this Houston team before, they're not that deep when you go outside the sixth man. And the thing about the West is you need at least nine in rotation to be successful and to go to the championship because Golden State is still going to have five all-stars when uh, Steph Curry and Boogie are back from injuries. And the fact is Steve Kerr understands he doesn't have the best bench that he's had in the past, so he's going to have to play two out of those three or three out of those uh uh, five all-stars be on the floor at all times um right now they're playing a lot of minutes because obviously Steph and uh Boogie are out right now with injury so that that depletes them from a depth standpoint because they don't have um you don't have a JaVale McGee um you don't have a, a, a David Lee you don't have um you know uh uh God all these other bench role players for the uh, for Golden State that have been great in the past. So you don't have these guys to go to anymore. So, you know, Klay Thompson, uh, Draymond, and um, KD right now are playing in the 35 to 38-minute per game clip, which is not what you want right now because, you know, it's still very, very early. We haven't even got to 1-4 for the season yet. And the fact that these guys are playing those type of minutes and they're the defending champions, which means they understand it's going to be a long season, a long postseason. Um, but when you have Steph out because of injury, now that puts the pressure on Thompson to show up night in and night out to drop 25. Can he do it? Yes. Does it always happen? No. Because Clay is a hot and cold guy. He's going to be really, really hot and then he's going to be really, really cold. I think he had a, he had probably his worst shooting performance tonight along with KD, and we'll get into their side of the story. But let's give credit where it's due. This is a great night for James Harden, who gave you 27-3-3. and um, he, he just looked like he can get anything he wanted. His step back was hitting. He was going to the line. He was driving to the basket. He got anything he wanted tonight on the Golden State Warriors because he just could, and that's just uh, how this game stacked up for him. 
Um, Clint Capella uh, gave you a double-double. That's my expectation for Clint Capella because I think he should. I mean, you're getting paid 88 to $90 million in his contract, and I think he should be giving you that night in and night out. Um, it's time for us to stop hiding and stop uh, not addressing the fact that Clint Capella has got to be a big factor because they don't have Umbam Mute or Trevor Ariza to cover him anymore. So you're getting paid that money, kid. You got to come show up night in and night out and give me defense and give me a double-double. No rebounds should be slipping from your grasp considering you're damn near 6'6", six, six, 10, 7 feet. So you got your money. I need the double-double. So we got that tonight, so I'm not complaining there. Uh, Chris Paul didn't have his best night shooting. He had 40% in, uh, through the field tonight on 10 of 5 and 7 assists. Um, not bad, but to Chris Paul's standards are off night for him, and I do agree. I, he's more of a 18 to 24 point uh, per game, about around that 10 to 12 assist. Um, doesn't get a lot of rebounds. He's only like six foot, six foot one, maybe. So I don't expect him to. And you have Clint Capella and um, Enos and and Tucker, the the bigger guys that will get your rebounds um, from the floor. Uh, so great night tonight from Houston. They broke uh, to 500 after a rough start in the season. They're seven seven overall, and I still think they have a lot of room to do. But I am shooting some scrutiny against D'Antoni and the management because I think this was plotted to get Melo out. They just really zoomed in on him. It's like when you go to work, you know, and uh, you know how your manager, you understand your manager doesn't like you, and so they they they're like a helicopter managing you. They're just always over top of you. Uh, they always want to shine your mistakes more than they shine the things you're doing right. That's what they did to Melo here, and I think that this is you know the the, the league has got to stop. This has got to stop. Uh, we got to stop using older players who used to be good as scapegoats when our when our stars aren't showing up, and that's what it was for Houston. I mean, you honestly lost two of your best defensive players. You got to show up, period. And there's no excuse why. Uh, you know, CP was, you know, he got into his altercation. He's been injured. He's been inconsistent with injuries this year, being on the floor. And James Harden, you got to be a superstar. You are that star. You are MVP. You got to step up and, and, and play on the defensive side. It's, it's You're getting too much into the league now, being in the league this long, not to be uh, better on the defensive side of the ball consistently. So that's my piece with the Houston Rockets. Great run for them tonight. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. They had their worst shooting night, I think, under the Steve Kerr. And under the Steve Kerr era, I could be wrong, but 22% tonight, 4 of 18, just wasn't going. Um, like I said before, and I covered this in the, in, the, in the podcast before this one about Golden State, so I'm not going to get too much into it because I had a whole podcast dedicated to my thoughts on Golden State and how I think that this these little knick-knack problems they're having with Draymond Green and KD are going to add up to them not winning the championship. And I still believe that I'm going to stay consistent and say that because I said that's from the start of the season. Uh, if they, they're, they're not going to, you know, no team's going to beat them, but they're going to beat themselves here because it's obviously, it's obvious. Kevin Durant has 6-15. to 15. He always attempted 15 shots. He's a, he's a superstar. He's one of the best players in the world. You got to give me more than 20 points. For his standards, that's sloppy. You paid 30 minutes. Not like you were playing 35, 38 minutes tonight. You played 30 minutes and you were on the bench with your hood on your head sulking because uh, reports have come out and confirmed that Draymond Green on the bench during the L.A. Clippers game said, you can leave. You can leave. We know you're going to leave, so you can leave. We were winning before you. We'll win after you. And so Kevin Durant's in his feelings right now. Poor Kevin. And I don't feel sorry for him. I'm sorry. It's not being me being objective or me you know, being biased. But here's my thing. You're on a team with Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. 
you know how to win without Steph Curry because he was gone for a long stretch of time last year. So I'm not get hearing this excuse of, well, Steph Curry and Boogie, they were on the floor. No, you still have Klay Thompson. You still have Draymond Green. Figure it out. It's no excuse why you're on the bench sulking. You're, you're telling reporters, I don't want to answer this. Don't answer that no more. Because you're in your feelings, dog. You essentially, you know, and, and I, I like Kevin Durant. I love Kevin Durant, actually. He's one of my, uh, he's my second favorite player. Just, you know, the fact his jump shot is just undefendable. You can't defend it because he's a seven-foot guy that his, his shot, uh, his shot release is so high that even guys six ten seven feet can't guard him because they can't get a hand up in time when he shoots. So he has one of the most unstoppable games offensively um, that I've ever seen. Defensively, he's starting to come along too. Um, but you you can't be a, a MVP. You can't be a two time champion. Give me this type of effort when things aren't going your way. It's making Kevin Durant look like an absolute spoiled uh, spoiled. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, not brat, per se, but spoiled mercenary. But the fact that it's all good until somebody calls you out or until something goes wrong. And then, you know, the narrative is created. Well, I'm hearing that Kevin Durant wants to leave. I just feel like if Kevin Durant doesn't give you one more year to go to State Warriors, he was just there for the rings anyway. And we all knew it, but it just validates that reason that he was just there for the rings. And then for Golden State, they're trying to do everything they can to, to sign Kevin Durant at the end of the summer because they understand if Kevin leaves, the dynasty is over. They, you know, Joe Lacob, they're not stupid. They want they want to start winning this year and win the championship and then bring him back next year because they're moving to a new stadium in San Francisco. And also because, like, you know, you know that. Kevin Durant's going to bring money. Kevin Durant's going to bring uh, revenue. Kevin Durant's going to bring championships. Steph Curry is going to bring, uh, you know, the the donors that they need for future projects and stuff, whatever they want in the Bay Area or in San Francisco. They realize this. So from a business perspective, they're trying to protect their investment. But this was by far the worst performance overall with these three, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and uh, Kevin Durant. Um, I don't expect them to lose anymore. I'm not going to say they're going to go on a losing streak. But this is the stuff I'm talking about. You can see the small seeds that are planted. And I think a returning Stefan is not going to fix this situation. Because when you have two teammates that have a conflict and it's messing with their chemistry on the floor, um, that has to be handled off the court. That can't be handled on the floor, even as great as Steph Curry has been. And I think he's having another MVP season, in my opinion. Um that can't be fixed if your two best players between KD and Draymond are going uh, and buttoning heads. Because you understand that Draymond plays a pivotal world on the defensive side and stuff that doesn't count on the stat sheet. So if his head is not in the game or he is still has a grudge that hasn't been worked out between KD and them, um, and this, this guy's been going to the media saying, we're going to win it still. Yeah, that's true. You guys are favorites. But if you guys can't fix your problems, and that's when one of those teams that aren't supposed to can upset you guys because you guys have internal issues that aren't being fixed or talked about. You guys will win it, win and have a winning season because of the talent level and stuff like that. But like I told you guys before about Golden State, outside of Boogie, uh, Steph Curry, KD, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, the bench is non-existent. No, no offense to Andre Iguodala or Sean Livingston, but they are a year older. They're not the players they were when they were, you know, winning these championships and they were making a difference off the bench. 
They essentially have five players, maybe six players on that team. But your offense and defense is so good with the starting five, you understand you can mask that by having three or two all-stars on the floor at all times, which is what Steve Kerr is going to do. And if I were coaching the Golden State Warriors, I would do to hide my bench because Jabranco, Looney, uh, McKinney, Quinn Cook, Evans, these are all great role players and even good uh, players that can fill roles in the regular season, but come time for playoffs when teams are shutting all that that bench play down, and you need consistent bench players that can come out and do stuff when the other like the, you know Shaq refers to them as the others. If you don't have the others performing well during the regular season, they're not going to have the confidence or the will. Or the um, or you know the basketball ability to do it against elite teams that have weeks to prepare for you um, that have you have to see five or seven times within two weeks and you know that's going to be pretty interesting when the playoffs roll around because I'm not concerned about the Golden State Warriors um, during the regular season. Like I said, these little seeds that are being planted about free agency are distractions, and when you have distractions, you can't play well. This is statistically proven, and take it from me as an athlete. When I was in college and I had distractions going on with my family, it was very hard to perform because I had, even though I was on the track, I was running, I was still thinking about stuff going on with my family personally and it affected my performance. The same thing hinders. I don't care how good you are. If your chemistry is missing or you don't like the person or you feel like you haven't addressed something properly, then it's going to start to show in your game. And for Golden State, I didn't expect them to be like a 65 plus win team. I think they win 65 and below um, this year. But that's still good enough considering that they're the best player, the, the best team ever assembled in the NBA history. And they have two of the best players in, uh, in the world and Steph Curry and KD. So the fact that uh, that's happening right now is it's eye raising for the Golden State Warriors and this performance right here. We'll see how they bounce back um, because they can go on a little losing streak while, until Steph comes back if they don't if they're not careful. And with the West being so close the way it is, uh, one and two games. I think the Lakers are eight and six, and you would imagine if they win one more game, they're in the top four. Um, it's that close. Uh, between you know pretty much two and 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 eight. Um, of course, Golden State's running away with it so far at twelve and four, uh, playing sixteen games so far. But um, it's going to be very interesting to see how these teams and how uh, this team chemistry can get itself back. I think this team will win sixty five and below, and I still stand by that. But if they don't get their chemistry together, if Draymond Green and KD can't you know settle their odds, it's not going to help that because their season's so long and they're getting closer to the off season. Um, uh, for 2019, 2020, by the time they play the playoffs, the bigger the narrative in this, in, uh, from the media is going to be more focused on the dag on free agency than it is a championship, sadly. And it's going to be what breaks this dynasty up because I believe that, that KD is going to leave after this year, in my opinion. You can see it. Um, you can see it in his body language. You can see it kind of in his answers. You can see it in how him and, and Draymond addressed each other. And Draymond's going hard because he knows something that we don't, obviously, before behind closed doors that confirms that he's going to leave. So that's why I think he's saying this right now, because he's questioning his commitment to Golden State and whether he wants to be here or not. But awful shooting night tonight from three from your stars, and that's why they were blown out. Um, it just was not a good game. KD's energy was not where it needed to be, and Draymond Green um, – just said, hey, you know, if you feel like it, that this winning, this losing streak is because of me, then my bad. But I'm not going to stop myself from saying what I got to say. So I look for the Golden State Warriors to get it together. They'll bounce back, and, and Houston is on the rise. They should be back in the playoff picture pretty soon 
if they figure out what I think they got to figure out. But they got to be better defensively night in and night out if they want to make the playoffs this year. Um, and may, not just make the playoffs because they won't do that, but I mean make it into a higher seed because it's not going to be just good enough to make the playoffs if you're the Houston Rockets because matchups matter, locations matter. I think they are a better home team than they are a raid team um, because they have a horrible away record right now. Um, but we'll see what happens with Houston. We'll see what happens to Golden State going forward. Like I said, I have more that I had on Golden State in Houston. Um, you know, but I had that in another, uh, another, vid- uh, another podcast before this where you can find out more details. Uh, let's talk about this Nuggets and Atlanta game. So the Nuggets did what I thought they were going to do, 10 and 5 so far. They had a little bit of a, of a losing streak there. Um, you know, Jokic uh, kind of disappeared for that little stretch. He wasn't playing too well, but I mean, you expect that Atlanta's not going to be that great this year. Trey Young, they're developing Trey Young, and I like the play from Prince so far, and I like the play from Bazemore. Um, they've been very aggressive. I think if that core can kind of develop by next year, they'll be they'll be winning about forty games next year. If they can develop that chemistry this year. They can develop Trey Young. Um, he's Trey Young has peaks and valleys in this play so far. Tonight he has six points, and that's these the valleys I'm talking about with Trey Young. He's just got to be better night in and night out and understand that he is being groomed to be a superstar for the Atlanta, uh, Atlanta excuse me, Atlanta Hawks. And so six points against his idol, Steph Curry, is unacceptable when as Steph Curry is not playing. So you got to give me more than that. Um, they got some good play from Vince Carter who came in and hit a couple threes. He was three of five on the night from three-point land. Um, I believe that... Uh, that Terrence Prince, when he comes back, you know, he should, they should, you know, really consider him being the second option when Trey Young is not on. Um, I believe that Trey Young is your first option, but he's kind of a 1B right now behind Baysmore because Baysmore has been hooping this year. Um, I think he's averaging like 18 to 21 or 22 points, which is pretty good for him, as well as being a distributor. Um, but I like I like what Atlanta is doing in terms of their development. Do I think they're going to win anything this year? No. Uh, I think they'll be lucky if they win 25 to 30 games this year with that roster because, uh, you know, Trey Young still has to develop. Uh, Prince has to get better and continue to get consistent. And Baysmore has to continue to be Baysmore. I think the fact that he understands that this is his team now along with Trey Young um, has really energized him to play better this year uh, from a statistical and individual effort standpoint. But they just don't have the depth outside of those three. I mean, you have Jeremy Lin, an older Jeremy Lin, who's pretty good. He's a vet at this point in his career. But they're not difference makers, and they're not going to move anybody in the East when you stack them up against Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, and the Raptors. So those, you know, Atlanta is just about build, rebuilding this year. Let's talk about Denver. They they blew Atlanta out one thirty eight to ninety three and moved to ten and five on the year. Um, Jokic, like I said, he's got to be better. I mean, he started out the year pretty good, but you know he's starting to fizzle out a little bit. He gave you twelve points, seven assists, nine rebounds, which is good. But you would like to see that point value be. He shouldn't be having a game lower than. 15 points for a guy his size. He can, he's old school. He can get in and do what he want. And because the new school of playing the ball is having a versatile five or four, running the floor like a point guard, shooting like a point guard. Not, I mean, he's old school, but he's got to be better. He's got to be more consistent. Five of 11 is okay, but not great. Um, Jokic just got to give me about 15, between 15 and 24. His, his scoring has been affecting him, and that's why Denver went on that little losing streak because Jokic wasn't playing up to speed and the backcourt was kind of shaky for that little stretch they had there but they're back on winning track and they're doing good like I said the backcourt for this team is just very underrated you have um 
you have Morris and you have Harris. Um, it, it's just it's just crazy, man. And they're getting some production off their bench. Um, they got some good stuff from uh, Trey Lyles, who gave you 14 points. Um, hold on, I'm just pulling the names. I'm reading this off of ESPN. Malik Beasley gave you uh, 14 points, excuse me, 15 points tonight. Uh, Javante Murray uh, gave you 14 off the bench. So these guys in their backcourt is really underrated. Their passing is really good this game. That was what really separated them and was really able to open up this game where everybody, they had essentially eight or seven. They had, yeah, they had seven guys in, in double digits tonight. So it was an all-around great team win. Um, they got some good production from their uh, forwards as well. Millsap had a pretty decent game at 18 points. And Hernango uh, had, gave you 15 points as well. Let me make sure that I'm pronouncing his name pr- uh, correctly for you guys. Yeah, so Juan Hernan Gomez had a pretty good night tonight too. Probably a career night for him um, because you don't really get these numbers too much from him. But he had 25 points, 2 of 5 shooting. So the three ball was really hitting for these guys. You made 13 or more. I would say 16 or more. You Nine times out of 10 going to win the game. But they shot 41.9% from the three tonight. That was the difference along with their playmaking ability and their passing and their unselfish play, which allowed Denver to propel over um, Atlanta 138 to 93. Uh, last game I want to talk about and for TNT tonight uh, was this uh, L.A. Clippers and San Antonio Spurs game. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs are doing what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to come out strong, but they, they've had a, a little bit of a losing slip streak and a little bit of inconsistency. They have a W here or L here. Um, they got showed up in in Miami when the um, White Side went bunkers on their on their offense on on their offense. They had several blocks. Um, they're seven and seven. You can tell they're missing De- uh, Dejounte Murray uh, for that team. He's a difference maker at that point guard spot. They just don't have a point guard, a legit point guard. There's no 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 jab at um, Patty Mills, but he's just not Javante. You you were ready for Javante to come in and average about 20 points this season because he's a great defensive point guard. He made first-team all-defense last year or second-team all-defense. I can't remember which one, but I know he made a defensive team last year. And uh, they're just not showing any fight. They're inconsistent. They're old in some games. They, their age is starting to catch up. Paul Gasol, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, those guys. Uh, Rudy Gay, you know, coming off the injury and, you know, trying to ball out for a big contract in the future. And, of course, uh, you have uh, your star. Um, and, you know, uh, DeMar DeRozan. I mean, like, DeMar's not bad. It gave you 34 tonight. But it's just the fact that, you know, DeMar's not known for being a playmaker. He's a natural scorer that can get hot when, you know, his uh, his team is getting hot. But let's talk about this game for a second. Uh, this is a greatly contested game. I think there were a couple lead changes throughout the game. Uh, San Antonio is kind of going to be like, they're going to be very lucky to be in that six through eight frame. I do have them making the playoffs, I believe, um, or I had them on the outside looking in. But I still believe they're going to be like a playoff team. They're going to be like a, maybe a six through eight uh, window team. Um, because they just lost a lot. Um, they have a DeMar DeRozan that just got there, has to develop chemistry playing with Rudy Gay and um, LaMarcus Aldridge. So considering that they have, he has to develop that chemistry and he has to really see uh, where he fits in with this team, that's why I think that the, you know, uh, the the San Antonio Spurs will probably win about 46 to 49 games this year, which won't be good enough to, to really 
break the top five this year because I think you're going to have a lot of close teams winning about 50-plus games this year. Um, but for the San Antonio Spurs, they're very formidable. Make no no mistake about it. As long as Greg Popovich is coaching this team, they're, they're a threat to anybody in the top five, in my opinion, come playoff time because they've been there and they've done that. They have a system over there, and they know what they're doing. It's just one of those nights where things weren't clicking their way, and um, they just gave away another one on the road. Uh, let's talk about this L.A. Clippers team, man. Let me tell you this, man. I think the L.A. Clippers are a team that is is uh, they're a team that's the Lakers kryptonite for sure. Still, um, they play defense. They get after their they play hard nosed basketball. Um, I think that the L.A. Clippers are going to hold the advantage in the rivalry when they play each other early because uh, this is a team that's been together. You have Doc Rivers that has a team that finally plays as a team unit. They don't have stars, really. Um, You have Lou Williams, but you have role players and players that understand their roles and play hard. Um, Excuse me. Sorry, I just woke up. But, um... They understand their roles and they understand what they're doing. And Doc Rivers has these guys playing their best basketball. Um, these guys understand what they're in the game to do. Yeah, Gallinari with 19 points. Tavares Harris with 18 points. Patrick Beverly with 10 points. Um, you had Lou Williams off the bench with 23. He understands. When you talk about Lou Williams, he understands his roles in the last six minutes to bring this team home. So they don't have a star, but they have role players doing different different roles of a star's job. And they understand that. Lou Williams is the scorer. He's the finisher. Um, Tobias Harris, Harris is the inside guy, and he's and he's the post-up guy. Gallinari is a playmaker, and he's also a guy who can create for himself. Patrick Beverly is the defensive anchor. Um, you know, they understand their roles, and it's really exciting to see and watch um, as a whole. Um, so I'm really happy to see that LAC is on a good having a good start so far at nine and five. I mean, let's be honest. I'm be I'm gonna say this, and nobody's gonna really appreciate this. LA is one star away from being a contender. I'm gonna say this again. LA is one star away from being a contender. They're a Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, AD or KD away from being a contender uh, for the playoffs and for advancing at least to the Western Conference Finals. Um, if not winning the title in the distant future, maybe two or three years from now with a star, with a superstar or a star too. I think if they get maybe two superstars or all-star, a couple all-stars, this team turns from just being a middle-of-the-road playoff team to being a contender just like that because they're a great fundamentally sound team. And with the pieces they have, um, you have some tradable pieces here, but you also have some pieces that have some value enough to hold you above water to have a good season. I think I see a L.A. Clippers being about a 40, 44 to 46, 47 win team. Um, they're going to be really, really good overall, but they had a great performance here tonight. Lou Williams is killing so far. He's probably going to be to me. I feel like he should be a candidate for most improved player if it's not. Um, if it's not, uh, what's my name? My man's name, Zach Levine, is putting up 20 per game. Um, but it's going to be very fun to watch the L.A. Clippers this year. And they're a very underrated team. They're a team that works hard, gets after it on the defensive side. They're just very, very good and fun to watch as a whole. Um, and uh, they got the W tonight over the Clippers. Excuse me, over the uh, San Antonio Spurs. And the Clippers moved to 8-6. and six, Excuse me, 9-6 and six on the season, which I believe is like 6th or 5th right now just because they only have five losses. But... They're definitely going to be rolling in that division, man. And it's fun to watch them. They, they could definitely give the uh, L.A. Lakers and LeBron some trouble because of how hard they play and how much they get after it. Um, 
Um, game in and game out. So I'm really excited to see what they do and uh, see the course they take going forward. But I'm really impressed with what I've seen so far from the Clippers. So that's the my thoughts on TNT Thursday, man. I want to talk real quick before I let y'all go and, and work on the heat check for this evening. Um, I want to talk real quick to y'all about my thoughts on LeBron's uh, game, man. It was special. I got a chance to look at the game when I got home. I probably missed like the first quarter. I caught a little bit of the second quarter, but I got to give credit where it's due. Lonzo, even though it doesn't show on the stat sheet, it doesn't show um, in his points in this offensive game, he gets after it, man. Lonzo gets after it on the defensive side of the ball. Um, if he's messing up, if he shoots an air ball, you know he's going to defend his ass off on the defensive side, get a steal, and, and really get this offense going. He is the, uh, the lighter to LeBron's ignition. And uh, when he's on fire, it fires up LeBron. Let me say this. LeBron started out the game playing no defense at all. But to the haters, he played a great defense uh, after the second uh, quarter. And he played on... um, He played on Dame Lillard a lot. He he got a couple uh, blocks against Nurkic. Um, You know, he played uh, uh, CJ McCollum. He was defending these guys like vintage LeBron, the LeBron we know. Like I said, LeBron doesn't play defense anymore in the regular season. He preserves himself for the uh, playoffs. He preserves himself for what the 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 LA Lakers need him to be on the offensive side because you have, um, you know, two competent bigs and JaVale McGee and um and uh, and Tyson Chandler. You have uh you know a couple wings that can shoot. Um, Josh, excuse me, Hart and um Savai Colwell Pope. You have uh, Ingram and Kuzma. You have Zoe and Rondo. And I do believe that like Rondo being out is going to help Lonzo develop a lot because now he can make those mistakes and understand that he has to play through and learn. And I think with Rondo being there, they, they couldn't do that. But Rondo's injury is going to be a blessing in disguise. He's not one of those players where you're worried about, oh, my guys, uh, you got to worry about him coming back and the chemistry being mixed up or fucked up because essentially he doesn't play – uh, he's not the starter. He plays more minutes than, than Lonzo, but he's not the starter. So it's in, it's easy to integrate him back in in the second unit because, you know, he's against he's 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 matched up against better players in the second unit that he can get over on. And uh, he's able to really uh, be good. But let me say this about LeBron, man. LeBron played awesome defensive and offensively. And I think that he knew he was very close to closing in on Will Chamberlain. And he just went after it and he, he scored 44 points. And let me tell you. That's LeBron James. That's the LeBron James that the L.A. fans should be cheering for. That's the LeBron James that L.A. deserves at the end of the day for having a drought for five years and, and getting them to the playoffs. LeBron James played exceptionally well. Um, he got his teammates involved. He had it going from the three tonight. That was the difference in this game. Um, when you're able to shoot five or six and have that type of night, and then not only that, but make your free throws like he did after he missed his first two of the game, um, that's LeBron James. That's LeBron James we know. Um, congratulations to the King on, on, on passing Will Chamberlain. That's exciting. I was very honored to be in, to see that game and to see him pass him, um, you know, cause he deserves that. And I, and it's just great. It's historically great. It's one of those things in a barbershop or at school, the kids and the, uh, older adults in the barbershop will be talking about 15 to 20 years now, how on this night, LeBron James as a Laker passed Will Chamberlain at home wearing a Lakers jersey and continued the dynasty of greatness for the Lakers. Um, I think that this Lakers team is starting to hit their stride a little bit. And because they're in the softer part of their schedule for the next month or so, um, you should see the Lakers going on a bit of a uh, on a bit of a on a bit of a uh, run in terms of their schedule in terms of uh 
you know, um, what they're doing um, to, to progress. And their defense has gotten so much better. Oh, my God, it's bearable to look at it again. Uh, but they just got the young guys have got to learn that when you're up, you got to learn how to win. You got to learn how to close guys and not make mental mistakes and have mental laps. They're still, they'll steal the ball, go back, and then uh, Lonzo or Ingram or Hart will make a dumb pass and it's a turnover. Or LeBron will make a, a, back, uh, a backdoor pass nobody was expecting. It's a turnover. So these guys have got to learn how to win and close games without LeBron having to be on the floor for the last two minutes. The game should be over by, you know, fifth quarter, excuse me, the fourth quarter if they play the games correctly. So that's my thoughts on LeBron, man. But like I say, I got some uh, heat check coming to you guys. going to be in my recap. These will be pretty fast recaps now that I cover these three teams. So I'll be like, I'll probably just graze over these teams. But uh, I have the uh, hot the hot takes coming up with all 30, 30 teams in the association um, via their last games that they played this week um, or they played yesterday. And we'll be going over them and talking about like where I stand with them, where I think they're going to line up in the playoffs, who I think is improved, who am I impressed with, who I'm disappointed with. We'll have all that stuff coming up later on today. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast, my uh, recap of TNT, LeBron James, uh you know, reaching the top five all-time scoring and um, also Melo and his situation. I hope Melo lands another uh, job somewhere. I really think he will be needed somewhere. I think he will benefit. And y'all will actually start seeing the Melo that's been missed in the last two years. But this has been your boy DJ DJ on the mic, D Johnson on the mic. Y'all already know what it is. Hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to be back later for Hot Seat. Looking, uh, look forward to that. Looking forward to my NFL talk coming up this weekend. I'm going to drop that on Saturday to preview this upcoming weekend. Also, just that's where we are in uh, in this season so far. Uh, the teams that stood out. That's going to probably be an hour and 20 minutes, I believe, of me talking about that. Because I haven't really talked about in, in NFL yet. So I'm finishing that up today. And I'm giving you all some, uh, some hot takes pretty much later on. And so looking for that. But otherwise, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you later. Talk that ish, baby. Peace.